0: Good afternoon, welcome to the Tea with Nikki. Yay! Thank you so much, Nikki, for having me. I feel honoured, and I can't wait for this uh, for this conversation.
1: Thank you so much. So, just to kick it off, I want to ask because you're an alignment and intimacy coach, and what does that actually mean? Because as many must just associate intimacy with sex, me being one of them, I was thinking, ooh, intimacy coach must be about sex. Um, But can you just enlighten us what it actually means to be an alignment and intimacy coach?
0: Absolutely. So I'm an alignment and intimacy coach. And the reason I chose alignment was because they go hand in hand. So to realign yourselves uh, to get into like somewhat of a state of flow, as we call it, where you feel connected and you kind of ride with your intuition and you you kind of move into that space of feeling like there is a general flow and that you're aligned with what you're doing. So a less chaotic, disconnected uh, atmosphere, that would be the alignment part. And why I say it comes hand in hand with intimacy is because if you are not aligned, you will likely struggle with intimacy. Because intimacy being on a spectrum of all things intimate. So yes, most people think intimacy and they're like, great, we're going to go see someone and talk about sex all day. That's not, uh, that's not, I mean, we do talk about. Damn, disappointing. (laughs) (laughs) We do talk about sex uh, absolutely and techniques if that's really what people are looking for. However, majority of the time, I find our conversations focused more around what encompasses the alignment around our intimacy? How do we reconnect to our intimacy and to our intimate selves? So I hope that's answered the question, but yeah. really we focus on realigning oneself to themselves in their yes. purpose, as well as then connecting to your ideal, uh, to your ideal intimacy. Yes. And what that it makes like. me think of
1: that movie, The Love Guru. Uh, with Mike Myers, I think it's Mike Myers, and he says intimacy, into me, I see, so now I'm just thinking, okay, those are the connecting dots now.
0: (laughs) Exactly, I was gonna say Esther Perel uh, often says that's her description of intimacy, into me, you see, and I've always thought that it has to be my most favorite description of intimacy. And
1: you also offer individual alignment, you know, one-on-one's not essentially having to be with couples but you also do it for relationships as well um in your experience what do you think is the main reason or cause for someone being misaligned or is is there also a similar reason as to why couples find it difficult to
0: communicate in their relationships when they are misaligned absolutely so what a fantastic question um i would say a reason why individuals and couples, and they kind of go hand in hand here also, it isn't really not much of a difference, um, why we tend to get misaligned, in my personal experience with my clients, is our enormous to-do list, we do not prioritize our intimacy or our self-care, self-discovery at all, um, that's kind of on the to-do list, like, you know, toward the end, and even if you do have it in the to-do list, it's it's something that can quickly get dropped to the side if other things come up. You're like, oh, I, okay, I don't have time to go sit and journal because I need to rush to go fetch children or cook dinner or whatever it might be, do the dishes, laundry. We often fill our space with so much that we don't prioritize. We don't prioritize uh, our time in relationships to communicate, to grow and evolve. Um, and to seek those tools to grow and evolve our relationships and to realign. We are we as human beings are ever evolving. We are not stagnant, so once you know self or you know your partner, you cannot truly ever one hundred percent know yourself or your partner. And I think by not prioritizing it, how, you know, that's where we end up with disconnect. And with disconnect comes lack of communication. It's kind of that thing of like it can snowball so quickly you are great at talking, you have good conversation and then all of a sudden the conversation doesn't quite, is not happening or you can't articulate or find the words or you don't even maybe even know that there's a problem, you're just feeling disconnected. So off the cuff of that, what would you say then would be a sort of
1: top three tips for someone who's looking to align themselves or to introspect
0: in a relationship? Absolutely. So top tip number one, 100% section time to prioritize, to have self care and self discovery. How do we give our best versions of ourselves to our partners or others if we are not our best, best versions of ourselves? How do we give our pleasure map to our partners when we don't even know what our pleasure map looks like? You can't tell someone what spot to hit if you don't even know what spot to hit. It's not their duty to find it, it's yours. You have to find it so you can give and communicate adequate directions as to how you like it and what actually you do enjoy and what you don't enjoy. So definitely prioritizing time for uh, for your own self-discovery and self-care first. Because if you are connected with your head and your body um, and your soul, most importantly, if you're connected into your body, it allows you to offer so much more to your relationships. And I say spectrum yeah. of relationships. Um, I would then say if you're in a relationship, definitely to create space for intentional time. So what intentional time is, is to create a space whereby you are dedicating, if you've got a block book at like a meeting in your calendar with your partner, I know it doesn't sound sexy, but you'll get maximum benefit from it. I know no one wants to be like, know i've got to book a meeting with my partner to have intentional time It's supposed to be organic right we're supposed to just know you love me i love you now you must just know how we're meant to communicate and connect but it's not that's not how it works we have to schedule time in we've got loads on our to-do lists now our brains are constantly connected and activated therefore we have to prioritize that time um and my biggest advocation in this for couples and even when you're doing it alone, actually, Mm. set aside time with no technology to really deepen that connection. You cannot have technology between you. And then I would say my last tip is to find tools and resources available to you to grow and evolve your connection, grow and evolve your communication and grow and evolve your relationship with yourself or with your partner. Because we have this bizarre notion I find that mass majority of people we want to assume it's supposed to be organic we're just meant to meet our one true love why are we soulmates <laughs> oh, yeah, my soulmate you must just know and understand yeah. newsflash we are not mind readers it's not possible you have to go, grow and evolve by gaining tools and resources and guidance whether that is booking a session with someone like myself who's a coach who can give you guidance and ask thought provoking crafted questions that get your thought pattern and communication going in a different direction, or maybe you need to seek counseling or therapy to work on past traumas, so that you can, you know, kind of. highlight and heal any triggers that you might feel and being able to communicate and work through those. There are also multiple free resources now thanks to technology, there are numerous websites fantastic podcasts such as and um great places to youtube channels and wonderful professionals sharing their knowledge and on instagram or whatever their platform might be the common
1: misconception is that once you meet someone you feel a natural connection and you think that's just going to evolve and i think people forget that relationships take work because we're all complex beings we all have different interests no two people the same whether you regard yourselves as soulmates or not and you can get a soulmate in a friendship as well but even friendship takes time and effort and work you know and I remember we discussed previously when we met him going a bit off script here but there's also that big misconception of that your partner has to be your everything and I find that um, that also you were mentioning can be a really big downfall in relationships because you have different friends for different reasons so can you just dig more but into that
0: Absolutely. Well, firstly, perfectly said about you know about us uh, relying on one person, but also not uh, like relationships take work. All relationships, family relationships, friendships, everything takes work and effort in order to grow. Nothing can grow from a place of comfort. We have to get a little uncomfortable in order to learn and grow, and that is a hundred percent. The same within any relationship that you might have. Mr. Perel does a fantastic TED talk on this. Um, and she really opened my eyes to it because we have this notion, like you say, of we look to our partner to fulfill so much. And especially since lockdown, for a lot of people, we are in at our homes together, we work together, we, you know, you're in the same space, you do groceries, you watch TV, you go to a gym, you socialize, everything is together. There is no autonomy at all. And you lean into your partner for everything. It just is so much for one human being. That is why we come from a village, essentially. When we go like dial all the way back, we are village people, we're built into communi- communities. And when you have a community of people around you, that's when you can really flourish and grow as a person because you gain different assets from different connections that you have from with people. Yeah. You can't possibly put all the pre- pressure on your partner to be your everything. It's yeah. not possible. It put so much strain on a relationship also because we set these unrealistic expectations, and then when our partner doesn't meet that expectation somehow it starts to crumble. Um, and I always look at a relationship like a, 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 like a vase, like a glass vase. If you have compounding disagreements or um, compounding issues that are unresolved, it's like tiny hairline cracks that develop in your relationship. Yeah. And you need tools and resources in order to fix those cracks before you end up with an entire vase full of cracks that then shatters and then if too little, too late. Um, So we want to kind of fix the vase before the vase is broken, if that makes sense, make it as sturdy and strong as we possibly can. Um, And that requires leaning and outsourcing our needs and desires to those that, you know, those that who can offer it. If you have, if you look at your friendships, for example, like you were just saying, you have different friends for different reasons. And I I certainly do. You have the girlfriends or the friends that you only go out drinking with and want a glass of wine to talk gossip and shit because you just don't want to think about the real world you have people you want to strategize and build your business empires with and you trust wholeheartedly you have friends you don't talk to for a year that can pick up the phone and be like hey and it was like you've been speaking every day in between you have friends you can just sit comfortably on the couch and not say a damn word because that's your relationship by outsourcing that to your friendships and to your community, family, community, friendships, whatever that looks like, you're alleviating a lot less pressure in your relationship. But Mm -hmm. not only that, you're adding a tremendous amount of curiosity into the relationship, because now there's other.
1: And I think that's where the delicate balance comes in, because you become so reliant on your partner to be your everything. But then when you people, I think the reason why people don't want to, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that you feel that if they aren't your everything, then you lose sight of the relationship. Meanwhile, if you're outsourcing your different interests, then you said you gain that curiosity. But as long
0: as the when you outsource your interests, there's support. Absolutely. And it's also, you know, to, to kind of highlight on that note, it's it's allowing space for your partner to be independent, to grow independently alongside you. We have this notion of moving into a relationship and being one. You are not one. You are never one. You are two solo, individual, independent human beings growing side by side, choosing to do life side by side. When you are becoming one and completely merged, you lose your identity. And if you lose your identity, what do you have to offer in your relationship?
1: But then also, how do you know what makes you happy and who Yaki's about, you know, when you are wanting to align yourself and talking about that becoming one I hate the saying my other half no I'm not a half I am a whole we are two whole beings together I am not a half a human so you are not my other half nor will I be your other half I want a whole person because I am a whole person we're not one and a half either
0: you know absolutely oh I I ditto that 100 percent 100 percent
1: but let's delve back into the little bit of the sexual content, because I know that everyone's going to want to be hearing about that. So I, w- I want to know what is the difference between sensuality and sexuality? Because I think mm. they overlap, but they are different things as well.
0: Absolutely. So my description of what I think sexuality, and of course, like there are there are spectrums and um, this is a bit more diverse. So for the shortness of this conversation, I would say sexuality is how people experience and express themselves sexually, which involves your um, you know your erotic, physical, emotional, psychological, spiritual, social um, behaviors and feelings. It's how we express ourselves and our sexuality um in physical, you know, and all of those things and all of those concepts. Sensuality is I would say like it's the desire to have connection, but that's not sexual. So sensuality is a pleasure, it it, it involves a lot of connective pleasure. Um, And anything that brings you pleasure. Now, I know immediately when I say the word pleasure, most people are like, right, so sex. (laughs) (laughs) So sexuality, sex, sexuality, love. It's more of the, the connection, the pleasure. So if you think about sipping your tea, it's not sexual, That's sensual because it hits your lips and you're feeling the heat and the taste and the textures and how it makes you feel. You're getting pleasure from that. Those are micro doses of pleasure um so i would say that's the biggest difference and if we really like we're like really narrow it down sexuality think sex more sexual type physical emotional all those things sex and then sensuality is more of the love it's the emotional pleasure that you get from connection
1: on that basis as well talking about sexuality sensuality let's bring the couple notion back in so what would be you know, a tip from you, from your experience working with couples to help them create a better sexual experience with their partner? Communication.
0: Communication, and I know that everyone's like, yeah, 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 communication. Our brain is the biggest sex organ. We have to work on the way that we uh, process information Mm. and put the information out. We are not mind readers you cannot expect no matter what and how connected you are to your intuition you cannot expect that you um that you would know what your person what your person or the person you're you're in relation with uh, wants. assumption is the biggest killer in a relationship i would say my number one tip for couples looking to enhance their sexual uh, life and their intimacy would be to go and gain as many tools and techniques as you possibly can with the art of communication and I say it's the art of communication because we were never taught ever not that I can remember we can we were never taught what adequate communication looked like so how are we now all just meant to be professionals and communicating and figuring out and by communication I don't only mean vocal words that come out of our mouths i mean body language communication being able to read and understand body language emotions um certain gestures as well as vocal and that's not just about your output it's also about your input and also how are you figuring out how to articulate the information that you want half of us don't know what it is that we want half the time. I know how my, I mean, I don't know about you, but when I go to restaurants, I'm just like, I can barely make up my mind on a menu. You the menu. <laughs> I'm like, huh, what do I There's want? There's just there too many options. <laughs> so process information and communicate that. So yeah, find tools, resources, guidance as to how to better your communication. And that is a muscle you have to practice. Unfortunately, it is, you can't just hop out and go for a marathon run it's not going to train. work you have to train if you want to strengthen yeah. that muscle you've got to train it if you want to have solid communication you have to train Yeah. so that would be my number one tip
1: i i i would have to not that i'm a coach or anything by any means but i can for me that would be the most important thing that i would think because Also, you can't not a mind reader. I can't smell what you like. I can't smell. You can't smell what I like. Like, let's let's have a chat. Let's make this great for both of us. (laughs) Exactly. But the question I also always ask all of the women that come onto my podcast is that there's it's an open-ended question. There's no right answer. It's just something that's you know been spoken about with masculinity, femininity. So, what does feminine leadership mean to you?
0: For me. Feminine leadership is about the people. Mm. It's leading for the people, to the people, to serve the people. Mm. Making the people of the center of the the objective of whatever you are leading them toward. The people of your community that you are leading are the front and foremost uh, guidance to achieve that leadership, uh, to go with whatever it is that you're leading them in. Um, And that as opposed to being like profit focused or mm. your know, image focused. It is about the people. And I think if you just take a very quick glimpse at governments and how that's run, the polar opposite, uh, you know, government run, of, and I'm not a political person at all, but if I just compare a female leader like the president of um, uh, New Zealand exactly. to any other male, and this is again gender specifying, so I'm not being gender specific, I'm just saying that drew inspiration as to the epiphany of what it is to be a leader for the people. Yeah. And there are multiple genders of all spectrums that have feminine leadership. Um, I think it's, yeah, to, to kind of synopsis that, it was just an example about what feminine leadership looked like to me.
1: Yeah. Awesome. I love that answer. So moving on to one of our segments uh, in the podcast called your ABCs of your career, So starting off with A, what was your amazing, affluent Oprah aha moment in your career journey?
0: So I don't know that I really had my major Oprah moment yet. I know it's going to come. But I think if I just had an aha moment, it was probably when I found myself leaning into the sexual health and wellness uh, area. I've gone through multiple careers trying to find my purpose and my drive and my passion and I can be passionate about just about anything but when I started my lubricant business uh liquid gold lube it led me into the sexual health and wellness world and it was like I got you know bitch slapped for a lack of a better word of this oh I'm here I'm here I found my purpose Hi, new. I now know what the fuck I am mean to do on this earth oh okay this is my calling this is my direction and I have. No idea what it'll look like or where I was going with it, and I'm still very much at the very, uh you know, early stages of this section of my life, but um in this industry. But that 100% was my aha moment. I was like, how did I not see this? This was what I was meant to do, you know, from so the did day. Did you gone. launch
1: your li- liquid gold business and then start studying sexual health, or was it sexual health and then yeah. the
0: liquid gold? No, I started the loop. I started the lube business and just by starting like basic surveys on lubricants, it, it blew my mind, A, how many people don't use lube or are embarrassed to talk about lube and B, what they understood about lube. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to, why don't people, why is this not a conversation? Yeah.
1: Um,
0: and I wanted to start the conversation. So I was like, well, I need to go get equipped with some knowledge so that I can seek some quality information. And that's how I started. So, yeah, the loop led me to sexual health and wellness. I love that. And where
1: can we get the liquid gold? I know on Wellness Warehouse, I think it's available there.
0: Um, was not it yet. With to the, like we're almost in Wellness Warehouse. That's coming very, very soon, which is exciting. But you can get it direct on the website. Otherwise, you can go to Faithful to Nature. We're in a variety of different online adult stores. Uh, Matilda's Desire, um, yeah, a couple of pharmacies, Constantia Pharmacy, Redom Pharmacy. Yeah, there's a bunch of places, but otherwise just our website. You can go straight to liquid.tv. Oh, no. Yeah. Love it. And B,
1: normally yeah. I would ask, you know, what was a business blunder turned to blessing? But because we've had a little bit of a sexual conversation, <laughs> I would like to ask what has been a bedroom blunder turn to blessing for you
0: <laughs> so when I read this question my mind ran a mile of all the six mishaps I've had and I was like well what's going to be the least TMI or the most <laughs> <talent-able> <laughs> version and I mean to be the most like PC because I mean I don't know who, who's going to be listening to this or you know whatever but it was I would say like probably one of the the best most memorable blunder blessings I ever had was early stages of my now 14 year, year relationship. Um I, I husband doesn't mind you sharing this. <laughs> uh, I'm, I mean this is my my work so I share a lot more than I'm sure he he appreciates. But no, it has nothing really to do with him so I can share. Um okay. but uh well kind of but I, I in the beginning phases of our relationship I was so so terrified that I was going to fart or like make like too much ugly fart sound noises in bed that I was just like oh my gosh I was terrified like quite literally did not fart in front of my my now husband for about a year and a half he never ever ever even caught it one time I would be bloated to a point of discomfort I would be so terrified just to put that in perspective and then we're in the middle of a session and I let rip the Biggest queef ever, and I died a thousand deaths. So that was the blunder part of it. But the best part of it was that he just giggled and continued. And I was like, Wait, hold on, is this not catastrophic? And he was like,
1: <laughs> So, world's not ending.
0: Move on. And I was like, Wait, my whole world just paused and shattered for a second because air flowed through my vagina. And he was like, it's a human reaction, like, it's okay, we're doing a lot more than that, like, it's okay. And that was the blessing in it. It l- helped me release and realize that we're human beings and sex is messy, it's loud, it's, it's imperfect. And that was the best part of all of it because it allowed me to really lean in and kind of just enjoy it a lot more. I wasn't constantly concerned about, uh, you know, what sounds I was making, what I looked like, how I presented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that if he wanted to be intimate with me, then he's choosing to be intimate with me, the whole of me. Um, yeah. and that was the best blessing ever.
1: That's such a beautiful blessing. And I think so many women along the way also forget that. I mean, I just had a conversation the other day with a good friend of mine, and she was like, Oh, my abs are gone, I'm not as fit as I was. And I was like, You are still beautiful, you're a human, your body goes through changes, and you are still beautiful. We all need to remember that still, you know, it's because and i don't even want to call it like holiday weight because then it still gives it this power where it's like no my body's wow. just gone through changes and i'll get it where i want it to be again when i can
0: yeah exactly
1: and c your cinematic worthy comical moment. so i found this
0: question really hard to answer because to many others apparently I could be quite funny with my blunt directness I don't see those moments um maybe but I think one moment for me that I found really funny um for myself was so I am very 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 lucky that my parents are very supportive in whatever I choose to do um, and they're from Zimbabwe so I expected maybe a little bit of kickback in the like oh goodness but I think I'm they just always knew I was going to do something a little off the beaten track uh, of well, unorthodox. <laughs> put it that way. Um, and so I'm very lucky. My parents are super supportive of my career choices and, and believe in me, but the, the comical moment came when, um, my dad was on the phone to me and he's sitting in the pub with all of his mates and someone was like, Oh, uh, he was talking about the lube. I was like, Oh, I'm going to send a shipment there to get to other people. And people heard him talking about lube and they were like, it's happening and then he people were like John what are you doing uh who are you talking to about lubricant thinking it was like maybe a, a you know saucy little sideline and he's like no it's my it's my daughter and they were like which daughter and he's like the sex worker I was like the sex a sex worker. Dad. I was like retract retract now there's an entire bar full of people who know exactly who I am and he called me a sex worker a and I tried I was like laughing my ass off and I was like dad I'm not a sex worker he's like but you do work in sex and I was like well yes and he's like but you work yes <laughs> okay so you're a sex worker was, like, touché touché I am now Logical. known to the sex worker who produces loop, which is fantastic and I thought was absolutely hysterical so news flew around the, the you should use it as like a tagline sex worker. <laughs> feel like i should because it'll certainly get some attention that's for sure although i feel like some of the attention might not be the quite the one that i want my bookings might change
1: (laughs) yeah no definitely so uh we're bringing the interview down to close and i like to end the interview off with a quick fire round of questions so just whatever comes to the top of your head
0: answer away so morning or evening oh I'd say morning now, I'm in my thirties. So I finally met my morning self. Coffee or tea? Depends on the time of day. I'm gonna say tea.
1: If you could live in any book, which book would it be?
0: Great question. Uh, oh, top of my head, Fifty Shades of Grey. Not for the quality of writing at all, just for the story. I think it was sexy as fucking. <laughs>
1: Uh, one thing in your daily routine or ritual that you couldn't live without?
0: Mm, cuddles with my fur children, for sure, or a dip in the ocean. Oh, I love yeah. it. Yeah, couldn't imagine it. a day without cuddling my fur children. I love it. Yeah.
1: And last question three people that you would have over for a dinner party, dead or alive? Ooh.
0: Okay, Esther Perel, because I'm obsessed, I think it would <laughs> be phenomenal. It would be a great conversation, also. Brene Brown, because total fangirl over here, Indeed. absolutely, and probably Jimmy Carr, just to add a total spanner in the works, I think he's hilarious, and he would add excellent flavor, him or Kevin Hart, probably just mm-hmm. for the humor of seeing how that conversation would go. Oh, the, those conversations around that table
1: would be yeah. enthralling, I want, can I join as Sorry. well? Yeah,
0: <laughs> Herbert, and you, obviously, oh, obviously. I'm assuming this is dinner for us, right? Yes, you yeah, we're and... hosting. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, then, yeah, definitely. <laughs>
1: yeah. Great. Thank you so much, Niamh, for taking the time to chat with me today. I've really enjoyed this and I hope that some people definitely find, and I think they will find a lot of value in what you've had to say as well.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much for inviting me on your platform and allowing me to have this necessary conversation. It was wonderful. So thank you so, so much.